Hey guys, I'm Randy. And I'm Daniel. We're two lifelong friends and musicians, but when we're not playing gigs, we like to talk games. And today on the Gaming Gig Podcast, we're discussing the recent wave of negativity and giving our opinions about the PlayStation Portal. All right, you got to be careful, Daniel. PlayStation Portal sounds an awful lot like PlayStation Portable from back in the day. Well, I've already made that mistake uh, on stream, and I almost made it just now in the the opening blurb. So, uh, yeah, I'm well aware that uh, this is uh, bait to get me to screw up on camera. <laughs> not, Thanks, Sony. Not only is it bait to get you to screw up, but it's so similar sounding that you can't help but compare the ideas of the PlayStation Portal to the PlayStation Portable, which makes people a little upset. Yeah, myself included a little bit, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, like, I think a lot of people want a dedicated handheld, and Sony's given us this thing that is not that. Yeah, um, and they've done it so well in the past. Right. It's annoying. And we have a lot of, con- of you know, like conversations to be had through the comments here that mm-hmm. people have left on us. And we put out a poll kind of gauging the interest to see how many people are interested in this PlayStation portal mm-hmm. um, now that we got a price reveal. And it turns out that the thing is $199. So, yeah, we put out a poll. Hit us with the poll there, Daniel. Yeah, so uh, at a whopping 14%, people said, yes, I'm interested in the PSP 2023 edition. And at 86%, people said, nah, bruh, this ain't for me. I think the one, you know, I expected it to be more no's than yes. Um, oh, I did too. But I don't I don't know that I expected it to be 86% no to yes, but, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. One, a lot of people still don't have a PS5 or not interested in getting into the PlayStation ecosystem, so... Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you don't have a PS5, you're not interested. I'll tell you um, what what surprised me about this whole thing is that it doesn't cost $350. Yeah. That's what surprised me. And I think if it had come out for the price that maybe we were afraid it would have, we'd got even more no's. I think a lot of people were expecting 300 Yeah. Um, I personally was expecting 250 Like from the, My gut reaction was like, I know it's going to be 250 I thought it was going to be m- maybe 3 yeah. Not 350 probably. I mean, I wanted it to be 150. That would have been that would have been a, a true like Goldilocks zone. Yeah, but I don't even know that like they could have done that at 150, but I don't know. I mean, I think about like was the is the PlayStation uh DualSense controller about like 70 bucks to buy one new? 60 yeah. 70 something. Yeah, like I think they're about like 70 bucks and then, you know, you're slapping an 8-inch screen in there that according to early reviews is pretty good. It's touchscreen. I mean, Okay, so I mean, like, it's probably not a horrible price point. No, I, I think um, I think one ninety nine is is a decent price point, but I mean, it is a pretty limited device. Mm-hmm. Now we'll, we'll get into that, but we got our first comment here about this poll and about the PlayStation Portal. It said, when will companies learn that streaming games is the stupidest idea for a handheld device? PlayStation Portal sounds cool on paper. Ultimately, it looks so unprofessional and unappealing from the design to the concept. The worst part is that Sony is good at making handhelds, so it's not a lack of understanding the medium. Hmm. So a lot to unpack here. First thing, streaming games is a stupid idea. I don't know that streaming games is a stupid idea, per se, but it definitely comes with its, you know, there's a lot of cons and not that many pros. Yeah, it's not a stupid idea. I think there's just too many variables that make it oftentimes bad. It's a, it's and so a, yeah. it catches a bad rap because if you don't have just the perfect environment set up for it, it can really suck. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, if you do have a good environment for it, like if you're on your home Wi-Fi network, I've had good experiences with it. So I, I have never tried 
streaming, you know, from a console, from my home network. Because that's never been the times that I've wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. Every time I've wanted to stream from my console using the remote play, mm-hmm. um, I've always been away from home, which is the whole reason. If I'm at home, I can just use my TV. You know? Right. So this device is maybe more, you know, obviously I, I was reading online um, before we started the podcast because we were actually, uh, I, I didn't even know that you could use this outside of your home network. You can. Yeah. Um, but obviously like using your home network is the recommended way to use it. Yes. It's going to be worse outside your home. Right. No and, matter what. Yeah. Cause like even, even if you're super close, like I think of when we did, when we played Canterbury of spirits, which was through PlayStation uh, remote play on off your PS five, I remote played it from my house and I live next door mm-hmm. and still, even just from next door, which is probably the best case scenario you yeah. can get for remote playing off your home network it still was difficult to play. It looked okay, but it would occasionally come across fairly pixelated. Yeah. And um, the worst part about it was that there was so much lag in the controls that it made what was a fairly action game where you had that decent reaction times. It made it hard. It was hard to platform. It was hard to plan your attacks. Like, it just made it difficult. It was so funny watching you just, like, watching you try to, like, platform in that game was so depressing. Yeah, it was really hard. It got to the point where... I knew Randy was having a bad time, and I, I I even stopped giving him crap about it. Yeah, because it just got so sad. It was like you would have to you would have to plan like okay I can't go off what my eyes are telling me I have to do everything early because mm-hmm. I you know because I'm dealing with this lag, so lag is going to be a problem I think unless Sony's able to do some sort of crazy magic mumbo jumbo that can make it so that for some reason this device does a better job communicating with the PS5 and is able to maybe somehow reduce lag. I don't know how they do that or even if they can do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know either. I mean, think the the Wii U gamepad, the Wii U gamepad did not, it didn't run off Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of Nintendo magic they, they slapped in that thing, but it was very low latency. Like that thing worked. But that was a different connection type. That I know. It wasn't done through Wi Fi. That was a direct connection. I know. So, you know. And I, this can't do that. That's true. Which is, I feel like, should have been there. It should have yeah. been able to do both. It mm. should have, if, if you were right there with your PS5, I feel like it should have been able to make a direct connection mm-hmm. like the Wii U gamepad yeah. and just been able to stream directly to it with zero or next to zero, you know, as close to zero lag as you could get. Mm hmm. The fact that you're going to have to run it through your Wi-Fi connection is automatically there's going to be some sort of lag. It might be small. I don't know. Whenever I've done it in my house, it's been small. Okay. So, well, and and the early reviews that I saw on YouTube of some people who got to actually play it said it was really good. Mm-hmm. But I also think Sony probably cherry picked those people because they knew they wouldn't give any negative review. That may be true. <laughs> um. So I don't um, know. Well, let's talk about the price a little bit. We got a comment here from uh, first number one. Hit us with that comment there, Daniel. First number one said, 200 ain't really crap, though, for what it is. If you could see yourself using it, I think it's worth it. Honestly, that's cheap. <laughs> is it cheap? I don't know. I mean, like, in the world of gaming, $200, it's an expensive hobby. Well, you know, we can just be honest about that. $200 isn't that much compared to other things. I mean, when you look at the PlayStation VR 2, that was $550. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at, you know, 
other things, other kind of peripherals. Yeah, I mean, like 200 isn't that expensive, but I can't say that it's cheap. Yeah, it's not nothing, but it's it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And honestly, when they released the 199 price point, I was like, okay, I'm sold. I'll buy one. Yeah, that under $200 is what it took to. I, I'm still, you know, like, I think I probably get one, but I don't know because I just don't, like, I want one mm-hmm. because I, you know, I just want, I like all the things. I want one, but I don't You're know that a I'll stuff actually, goblin. Yeah, I'm a stuff goblin. I want the things. <laughs> I don't know that I'll actually use it though. And, you know, it might be that I'll buy it and force myself to use it. But then I'm like, do I really need this thing? I don't, I don't think you do need it. No. Um, yeah. But do I want it? Yes. If it works well, like they say it will, I know for a fact I will use it. So. I know that if it works, I will get my my money's worth out of it. Yeah. But if it doesn't work well, then I'll be pissed. (laughs) Do you think that, well, speaking of like it working well, do you think that there is a chance that, one, let's assume it does work well. Mm -hmm. And then we know right now it doesn't use the, uh, it doesn't, it can't cloud. It can't. Right. You can't play games off the cloud service. Which is dumb. Which hasn't even been fully rolled out or anything by Sony yet, so you know that's coming up. And you do you th- sorry, I may have cut you off here, but do you think they could prop they could maybe shoehorn that in in an update? That's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask yeah. you the same thing. Like, can they patch it, and will it become a more? Because if it can do that, then all of a sudden it's a much more valuable device. Definitely, um, not, <laughs> definitely not. But here's the thing: I don't know that the cloud gaming off of Sony was going to be that much better than if you were just remote playing off your PlayStation, but it. I bet it would be if you. Well, it depends on where you are. I mean, if you're some, if you're out somewhere, mm-hmm. and that place has has a really good download speed, right? Then I would think cloud gaming would probably be better than trying to get it from your home PS, or at least comparable. Yeah, if, if, you know, if not a little better, right? So there, there's that. But then also at that point, you can start looking at this as a way to get into the PS5 ecosystem without yeah. having to buy a PS5. Yeah, and okay. I think that might be what Sony's trying to avoid. You think they're trying to avoid that? I do. They don't want to go the way of Xbox, who has done that and basically said, like, you don't need a, you can play, you can get into the Xbox ecosystem without having an Xbox, no problem. We did a podcast forever ago talking about mm-hmm. that. I think Sony, with everything they've done with the PS5, from the design to the way they're approaching, like, the peripherals and all this, I think they want that thing to be, like, the centerpiece of your freaking living room, like, the hub of everything you do. And I don't think they want you to be able to play the games without one. I, but I hope I, I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think if they decide to let it play cloud device, cloud games, then they're moving in that direction. And I, I agree with you. I don't think that's where they want to go. Yeah. Um, I think they want you to be a PS5 owner. They want you to own things like the PlayStation Portal. They want you to own the PSPR2. Mm-hmm. They want you to, you know, have a couple DualSense controllers that are all cool looking. Like, it's all, mm-hmm. it's a very cohesive, but very bold brand. It you is. Know, and, um some people hate the way it looks. Some people like it. I don't know. We'll get. In, we'll talk more about that in a little so, bit. So I, I I want to bring something up because I don't know that it gets brought up in any comments. I've looked through them and I don't think it does. Um, and I don't know if you're even aware of this. Do you know that this thing does not use Bluetooth audio? Yes. What do you think about that? Okay, I'm a little torn on that. Um, one, if you've ever used Bluetooth. Uh, audio through any sort of device, you know that there is actually a little tiny bit of lag. Um, so it, there is, there it, is. It depends on the codec you're using. It, it can be it, a lot better or a lot worse. Right. But. If you've ever like used Bluetooth headphones with a switch, for example, you know that there sometimes is a little bit of lag. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
their excuse for this is they have their own proprietary connection now. Right. And they're saying that that is a zero lag connection. And I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's a great connection. And mm-hmm. it's apparently lossless audio, yeah. which also I don't think can be done over Bluetooth. I may be wrong about that. I'm not a really techie person. but um, I think you can. You might be able to. But, okay, so they have this thing. But really what they're trying to do is sell you on these two Sony headphones. They got this new earbud type thing yeah. and they had their old ones and they can utilize that connection so that you can have a wireless headphone connection to this thing, mm-hmm. which those are quite expensive. I think they're $200, $300. They're $200 and $150, I think. Okay. Uh, the, the over the ears are $150 and the earbuds are two. They're actually more expensive. <laughs> okay. Well, it's expensive and they want you to be owning these things. So I, I don't think it's a good thing. If it comes out, because I'm assuming that this this little tablet device is probably using a lot of stock parts. I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming that they're getting a lot of these from things. What if there's a scenario in which there is Bluetooth on this, but it's just been disabled? I think there's a great chance that that's exactly <laughs> what it is, Randy. It, we, I mean, we ran through that with the Switch. Yeah. The Switch had the same thing. It had Bluetooth, but it was disabled, and then they re-enabled it way years down the line. Yeah, I think... That is very likely. And it's, I mean, okay, fine. You, they could say like, well, we want this to be the best experience possible. So we don't want you to ever even have the possibility of having any latency in your audio. But you and I and y'all all know it's just a money thing. It's just a money thing. It's right? just a money thing. It's very anti-consumer. It's very. extremely anti-consumer. And At least give you the option. I get that, like, maybe if you want to have the premium option that is better. Sure. Sure. Like, why not get the people who want it? But I don't think it – well, here, here's another reason why I'm sort of torn on this. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal because it is going to have a headphone jack It on. does have a headphone jack. It's not like it's an Apple product that has no headphone jack. And, right. and then, you know, even – but even Apple lets you do Bluetooth, you know. Um, you know, but it would be like that. Yeah, Apple's way more uh, consumer forward with their AirPods than, than that. <laughs> right, at least they are <laughs> They able even to... work on Android, you know, like. Right, yeah. And these don't probably don't work on anything. They probably own. No, they do. They do, okay. <laughs> yeah, they do. The, the earbuds even, uh, I, I don't know if the over the years do this, but the, the earbuds at least will support like multi-point connection. So you could like be playing your game. And you get a phone oh, call. Oh, really? Now that's yeah. kind of cool. And you can so yeah, and they because those are rare. Yeah, that is rare, and that's that's a really good feature. I, I will say. Yeah. And they um, so you could like do Discord on your phone while also. I'm playing. thinking so. That's kind of cool. I, I I don't know about that specifically, but I, I'm thinking probably so. And they also apparently have some AI in there that's supposed to cancel out background noise and things like. And so they're probably really nice. Yeah. But. You yeah. know, it would be nice to be able to use the earbuds I already have and just. Yeah, but like I was going to say is like I, it's not a big deal to me personally. I use wired headphones when I'm playing games anyway. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm playing uh, my PS5 and I want to headphones, I plug it into the controller and I use it that way. Um, so I've got wired headphones ready to go, but not everyone does. Not nowadays. No, I mean like everyone's moved towards these, towards these like, um, you know, Bluetooth wireless earbuds primarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, we got a comment here from Morris Dennison who said, uh, I'm going to do what I did with the PSTV. Ooh, interesting callback. Wait till it's in the bargain bin, which won't be long and pick it up for a quarter of the cost. Then I'll get two of them and just sit on the second one till homebrew comes out and hopefully it makes this thing useful. Somebody will definitely jailbreak it. Yeah. And we'll figure out exactly what it's capable and of. So you're saying you're going to sit on the second one and like not don't update it's like firmware or anything like that. Like let it be the, the original. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're saying. <laughs> and then, uh, be able to 
you know, somehow jailbreak it and use it for all kinds of stuff. I mean, word on the street is that this thing is essentially running Android. Yeah, I think it so, is. So, yeah. you know, if it's running Android, then you can do some things with it. But I not only think it's been very powerful, I, from what I understand, it's probably as minimally powered as it can be. Yeah, I bet you can play Pokemon, though. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, definitely play Pokemon on it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know that it's ever going to be a quarter of the cost. 50 bucks, I doubt it, because, I mean, who knows? I mean, you never know. I, I picked up the, the first PlayStation VR for, like, 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. So, um, with, like, four games. It was like a Black Friday deal. I mean, who knows, you know? So You never know. It depends on how well it does. I don't think that was a quarter of the cost, though. I don't remember how much the PSVR. I think it came out at 500 bucks. Yeah, I don't think it was eight. So I got it for less than half the price. And it was like only like maybe a year after it launched. Like it wasn't even, maybe it, maybe it was the year, not the year after, but the Black Friday after a year. You know, it wasn't mm. that long after the PSVR came out that I got one. Right. And I got it for way cheap. So. Uh, you know, now that I'm thinking about the way the timeline worked out there, I think it might have been a little longer than that. See, I, I was remember... thinking like the PSVR came out in like 2017. I may be wrong about that. And I think I got the PSVR and like it was um, it was 2019 at the latest when I got it. I think the PSVR came out maybe 2018. I got it in either 18 or 19. I think the PSVR might have come out in like 16. Oh really? Or so maybe even 15. No, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I've either got it in 2018 or 2019. We're on a tangent about the PSVR. When did it release? 16. Oh, 16. So my, I was getting it either two or three years after it came out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe you can get it for way cheaper because I got it for less than half the price. But it was, and I'm, now I'm seeing it was either two or three years after it came out. Yeah. I thought it was only like one or two years. Yeah. I remember the way I was able to do that is I remember Tyler got one when it was new. Yeah. And I remembered what house he was living in. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. Uh, All right. Well, okay, before so, we move on and get on another tangent about the PSVR, mm-hmm. we have to plug the Discord. So I'm going to tell you about this Discord. So we have a Discord server called Gaming Gig. It's fantastic. It's growing almost every day, and we love it. We're really looking forward to closing in on 100 members. So help us out. Click the link down in the video description. Join up over there. Come hang out with us. Come talk games. Come share pictures of your pets. It's a pretty chill place. We'd love to have you join. We, the more members, the, the happier, you know, the more the mm-hmm. merrier, they say. All right. We got a comment here from Larry House about this PlayStation portal. who said 200 means $300 in Canada. At that price, it's extremely hard to justify, especially with it being a remote play device. Connection in a lot of areas simply isn't going to be ideal. Wi-Fi in a lot of areas won't be ideal either. I think about when I'm working in remote areas. Will this work for me? Probably not. I normally pack my console and a gaming monitor as it is, and I've been getting all right in areas that would that offer nothing more than electricity. I'm sorry, Larry. I'm um, sorry. Oh no. Um, yeah, no, that does suck. It sucks that you guys have a, you know higher prices up there, and yeah, if you're working in remote areas, I agree. I, I don't know if this is going to be the thing for you, man. No, I mean, you might be able. I wonder. I wonder what it'll be like if you are playing from like a. Um, a Wi-Fi off of your phone, you know, like you're bad. It's going to, I wonder what it'll be like. <laughs> Unless your phone's sitting right next to a 5g tower. And even then probably not. Probably still it. bad. Yeah. Um, 
I, I can't imagine that it's going to be great. Um, and that's the thing about Wi-Fi is like it's it's just still bad in a lot of ways. It really is. And we just there's nothing you can do about it. No. Nope. It's just going to be like and, – and the fact that this is a dedicated Wi-Fi device. Um, and, and we've already seen these. Like we've already – and they, they haven't lit the world on fire, you know. No. We got the uh, Logitech, the cloud. Logitech cloud thing, and that I mean that is like I don't hear anybody talking about that anymore. No, and you know what it could even do, Randy? It could play games from the cloud. I know, right? Crazy, and you can remote play from it, right? Right. So it's like you've we've already had these devices, and they haven't really made that big of a splash. Yeah. Why is this going to be different? I, Sony's got to work some magic and make it work better. They just have to. It's the only way it's going to At least work. from my couch. Otherwise, this thing is going to be like... It's, it's just going to be fall. a laughing stock. Yeah. Like we have a comment here from... Uh, oh, gosh. How would you pronounce this? Basius Cardon. Yeah. Hit us with it. This is your comment. Bas- I, I don't want to skip you. Basius says, if it's 100% lag-free, which it won't be probably, I would definitely be interested. Right. So, I mean, if it's... If it's not gonna, if it's gonna have the lag, which we're pretty sure it's going to, it will sometimes. At least sure. when you're outside of your home. Yeah, uh, yeah, it definitely won't be 100% lag free, so you're you're definitely probably not definitely interested. And, and like I said, unless there's some sort of magic. Mm-hmm. But like when I've done remote play, it's always come across as like, um, like there's some sort of compression in the video that makes it look fairly pixelated. Yeah, fairly often. And that to me is even worse than, or is somewhat worse than even the lag, depending on what game you're playing. Yeah. I think that's going to, I think your experience has been tainted by the fact that you've apparently never done it from your home. Never done it from your It's home. a lot better in home. I just haven't had any reason to do it from my home, which makes me think that maybe I don't, couldn't use this device very much. Right. I know it will make me play PlayStation more. I just, I just know it will. Home. Yeah. So, you know, for that reason, I'm excited. Uh, because I will use it from my home. I know I will. But um, yeah, outside the home, it won't be lag free. It will be, you know, highly compressed and pixelated sometimes. There's just no way around it. See, but you really like to do things like put a video up on the TV and play your game in your handheld. Yeah. Oh, so you I like love that. It. And see, I, I never do that. that I never is, multitask when I'm gaming. That's my happy place. You just described Daniel in his happy place. So maybe that's more like, <laughs> you know, you could do that. You know, you might, there might be a use case for you that maybe not everyone has. Mm -hmm. I don't think it, I just don't know. I don't ever do that. When I'm playing a game, I'm just playing a game. And it's, I'm always have my TV open, you know, it's never taken away. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Well, so I don't know. Uh, Here's an interesting comment here from Olympus Mons who said, the DualSense Edge controller was crap quality. Why would this be different? Have you, do you know anything about the quality on the uh, DualSense Edge? I never heard it was crap. I heard the battery was crap. That's what I heard. I didn't hear I heard the anything about bad. the build quality being bad. I I think the build quality was just very similar to like the dual sense. Yeah, which is good. So I think I don't know. I would have to look some additional things up there, but everybody that I saw reviewed dual sense edge uh basically said the same thing, which is it's a great controller that lasts you about thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Not thirty minutes, but you know, less than a regular dual sense, which is already not great. Right. I think it had like the exact same battery as a dual sense, but mm-hmm. it needed had more power draw, so it yeah. was like worse. Yeah. Um but there were some really cool things. Or maybe about it had a worse it may have even had a worse battery. I don't know. Like maybe they had to squeeze in a smaller battery to make it work. I know the battery life was worse. I don't know yeah. about the actual battery itself, but I, I thought that controller had some really cool things going for it with the 
easily, uh, you know, changeable uh, stick modules and all that. I mean, I cool, but like I, I for at two hundred dollars, which is how much the DualSense Edge costs. I was like, no, not interested. Two hundred dollars for a controller? I've never bought one of these yeah. like high end like um, pro con- like, or uh, like elite controllers elite or whatever professional controllers where they have the back buttons and stuff. Like I've never been interested in that. Yeah, I'm I'm not a competitive gamer. I know those are like kind of like focused towards competitive gamers. Mm-hmm. I have no interest in that. I like back buttons, and I do have some controllers who have the you know that have those mm-hmm. that I've gotten over the years, but I've never bought one of the like high end. Mm-hmm. crazy elite controllers either. It is interesting that that costs $200. And now we're talking about this PlayStation portal, which is also $200 to me. I would much rather have a PlayStation portal for 200 than give me this, like, you know, this dual sense edge controller. Well, what if they come out with a dual sense edge PlayStation portal? Oh gosh. I really don't think they would. Cause I really think the dual sense edge is, like I said, really focused towards a really mostly towards competitive games, competitive gamers who mm-hmm. want that edge. Um, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel just got a, had a light bulb moment there. He's like, that's why it's called the edge. Oh, my God. I thought they were just saying, like, be careful. Don't cut yourself. Right. It really had some Because it was sharp it was AF. Sharp. As foretold. As foretold. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> anyway. So we have a little bit of a conversation we're going to have here with this next comment. I know. Because this one's from Petten... I know I I got that right. Instead of competing, I think there's some words missing here, but I'm going to fill in the blanks. Instead of competing to other consoles, it's better to focus on what you do best. I added words, but I think that's what is You you honestly inserted your own sentiment into what they said. (laughs) I think that's what they're saying. I think they're saying instead of trying to compete to other consoles, it's better to focus on what you do, what you do best. Instead of competing to other consoles, better focus what you do. I don't think they're saying focus what you do best. They're saying whatever you do, do that one thing. Okay. Never well, have. Let me tell you, this was a partial comment. There was a whole lot more underneath it, and I didn't <clears throat> take the rest of it. So I've read the rest of the comment, and yeah. I know that they're saying that what what they're getting at is they think that this is a competitor to the Switch, mm. or they think that, no, I should say that, they're saying that people think it's a competitor to the Switch, but it's not. They're mm-hmm. trying to just focus on only having the PS5 be the thing it plays. It's not trying to be a handheld because that would be competing with the Switch. Gotcha. Right. Okay. But I, I just left in this just this one part because the other, the other part was it was long. Well, instead of competing to other consoles, better focus what you do. Um, <laughs> There's some words missing. I, I really think... think. Uh, me and Randy, I think, had a discussion very similar to this on the most recent stream. We did. And it took me about 30 minutes to even figure out what I think he was trying to say. I can elaborate more. And I think that. what I what I eventually just, uh, just eventually decided on is that I understand what he was trying to say, and I just don't agree. <laughs> well, the- not, not, not that I don't agree with the sentiment. I What I hope is that I hope it doesn't become a reality. That's what it is. Here's what I was getting at the other day. We were, we were talking about on stream. We were talking about how, okay, people really want a dedicated handheld from Sony. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't agree. I don't want Sony to make a dedicated handheld. And here's why. A couple of reasons. One, I think that it would lower the amount of games that we get for each 
both the handheld and the home console. Because Sony is not only a console manufacturer, they are a game developer, or they have game development studios. And if they're having to split those studios up and say, like, okay, you make handheld games, you make the console games, we're going to get essentially half the amount of games, like first-party games, on both the handheld and the home console because of that. So we're getting less games if you only own one. Like getting if you less, just have a console yeah. and you just have the handheld. You're getting, getting less games per hardware device. Yes. That's one reason. But in all. I mean, yeah, you can get the same amount of games. Yeah. That's, but that's one reason. Another reason is that I think that it's better to have all your energy focused towards one product. You know, one kind of thing. And like that being the PS5 or like we saw with Nintendo having just the Switch. They're not trying to have a home console and a handheld. I think mm-hmm. it really works for like unifying, you know, like what people do. You know, you don't got to try to support these two completely different platforms. Mm-hmm. That's another reason. Mm-hmm. Because we've seen that with, even with Xbox, who has kind of done this weird thing where they've divided up the Series X and the Series S, them being different powered machines is causing issues mm-hmm. um, with specifically with developers. So I think I think you'd have that similar sort of thing like... Well, that's because they're trying to put the same game on both, though. Right, right. They're trying yeah. to put the same game on both. Yeah. What I would like to see, if we were to see a handheld from Sony is addressed in the next comment. Okay. Um, this is exactly what I would want, and I would be all for this. But first, I want to tell you guys about our Twitch channel. We spoke about it a second ago. Um, on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, we stream on Twitch. Right now, we've been streaming games like Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, which you can play with us, um, Mario Kart, which you can play with us, <laughs> and Rocket League, which has less spots, but potentially you can play with us. We love to play games with you on our Twitch stream. It's like our favorite thing to do. So come hang out with us. Play some games with us. Yes, please come hang out so I don't just have to talk to Randy. Just look for Gaming Gig on Twitch. Or there's a link in the description of this podcast. That's right. All right. I'm going to hit us with the next comment and we'll keep this conversation going. Because right. I haven't got to clap back yet. Okay. Not that I really have much to clap right. back with. Anyway. Am I the only person, this is from Graham Kelly. Graham says, am I the only person who would love a portable PS5 where you can actually put some kind of cart or disc inside? Even a digital only portable PS5 would be incredible. Even 8 inch, 1080p, 60 FPS. That's all we want. And Sony is not playing ball. <laughs> so I would love to see if I if Sony made a handheld, mm-hmm. what I would want from it, I would want it to be, to be able to be basically a, Portable version of a PS5. Yeah, like it plays the same exact games that the console does. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I would like. Because then you wouldn't have the problems of the, at least the developers wouldn't have the problem of having like to be split between dedicated to playing, you know, this thing that only plays handheld games or this console that only plays. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not an ideal solution because then we're kind of in the same camp as like the Microsoft Xbox Series S versus X, where you have one underpowered and one more powered. But maybe even worse. But it may be a little worse. <laughs> but at least it would play the same games. Like, that's what I would want out of Sony if they were to make a handheld. Make a portable version of the console they already have. Well, I think that would, of course, be what everybody wants. Yeah. I think that would be best case scenario. But it would be expensive as nobody's business. Yes. They could do it, but it would be like, I don't know, $1,000. 800 I think it would be a, at least seven. 
I just don't think it would be cheap at all. I mean, you, you know, it depends on what how aggressive they wanted to be with the pricing because I mean, like compared Sony's to like, a massive company, so yeah. they they could do what they wanted, but I mean, you, you know, like the ROG Ally is priced very competitively competitively with the Steam Deck, and it can play the new games. Um, you know, I I don't know that Sony would price it competitive necessarily with the Steam Deck because Valve is just crushing that, but it also can't play all the new games at well, 1080, 60, no. No, yeah. No. Neither can the Ally. No, yeah. I think you're going to need to be so, more. We're going to be dealing with that 720, 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of deal, you know. I think so. and But, I, you know, I agree. I think that would be the best thing that could ever happen. Yeah. Would be the new I would love that. PlayStation Portable is just a, it just, it's just, it plays PS5 games. Like, that would be amazing. And it would probably end up being digital only, would be my oh, guess. Oh, it would definitely be digital only. Um, And that would be sick. Um, but I, I, I would take either one. I think it's clear that the world of, of, of our, our nerdy little niche of gaming mm-hmm. wants Sony to make a dedicated handheld. Yeah. That actually does dedicated handheld things. Right. I think that's the clear that message the game's that we're sending mm-hmm. with all, all the all the negativity and the, the wave of hate that's rose up around this you know, PlayStation portal. I think that's a very clear message. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree that that would be awesome because I think options are always good. And I'm, I don't really care if we got less games for each. You don't because care? I don't care because we would still get a ton of games. Some of them would be great. Some of them would be crap. They would be in two different, you know, uh, t- you know, two different hard, uh, hardware modes or whatever you want to call it. Um, but that's okay with me. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I just think <laughs> about like... I like options. I just think about like I look at the quality of games... <clears throat> and I'm and I'm I'm projecting here because I'm using Nintendo as like my like thing that I compare it to. But I think of like the Switch, and I think like I think the Switch overall, mm-hmm. although it's had some crappy first party games, mm-hmm. I think overall, if you look at the quality of the first party games on Switch, I think it's unparalleled to any generation of Nintendo products where they've yeah. been splitting between. You know, they've always had some gems for sure, but I think when you compare it. I think that the Switch overall, just really, really high quality stuff. And I think mm-hmm. it really is because they focused all their attention, all their development studios on the one product. Yes, I, I agree. The Switch slaps. Right. I like, it's like. I mean, obviously the Switch is amazing. But I think if you look back, you know, like like if you put on your, your nostalgia goggles and you look back at like the GBA or even the, the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color, I don't think anybody has ever taken the stance on the GBA's library like, Oh my God, it could have been so much, but we could have had such a better generation if that hadn't existed and we had just focused on the GameCube or vice versa. I know? don't know, man. The Game flu- GameCube flopped, didn't have, I mean, it wasn't a flop, but it was a pretty close but to a flop. But the GBA didn't. The GBA didn't, but <laughs> you got to think like, what were the, the some of the best selling games on GBA were NES and SNES ports. That was like some of the best selling games on that console and they weren't even original games. They were just ports of old games. Maybe they were. I don't. I would have to look at the charts. I don't honestly know what the best-selling games were, but I know that if you I look guarantee at, you that some of the best, like you look at the top ten best-selling GBA games. Gotta be like I Pokemon. bet you half of them. I mean, like Pokemon, yeah. Okay, <laughs> but I'm just saying. Like, I bet you a ton of those things are a lot of those uh, Super Mario Bros. games that were like the Super Mario Advance games. Super Mario Advance, yeah. And those were just like ports of NES, SNES games. I feel like I remember mm-hmm. a lot of people playing those back then. Oh yeah, I have some. Oh yeah, I mean like they're huge. Yeah, you know those. You know the Mario's sell really well. Oh we, yeah, yeah, we didn't get an original Mario on the GBA. 
Um, and I wonder if that's because, you know, like the, where was the development time spent, you know? Right. Was it trying to push the GameCube? And then, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, I know, I mean, I, I just know if I look at like some top 10 lists of, of people's favorite GBA games, you know, you always run into the same things. You run into like Pokemon Emeralds, your Fire Reds, your Minish Cap, your Golden Sun, mm -hmm. Advance Wars, Fire Emblem, all those things. And those, you know, except for maybe, honestly, I think all those games I just named were original for the GBA. So um, it, it was strong. But I have I have another trump card. Okay. For your argument here, and I'm curious to hear your rebuttal. Okay. So your argument is we're stronger and we benefit from it when there's one hardware that that's what they shoot for, period. Yeah. Okay. And you use the Switch as an example, and the Switch is amazing. Right. We both love the Switch. Mm-hmm. There's another console that we both love. Mm-hmm. This little, honestly, it's not even that well-known, kind of flew under the radar, called the PlayStation 2. And do you understand what coexisted with the PlayStation 2? The PS2? Mm-hmm. What coexisted with it? Are you saying from Sony? Mm-hmm. You know, actually, I might be a little early here. PS3 was the PSP. Shit. I mean, crap. <laughs> You're right. You're and, right. And what happened is that, right. yet yeah, the PSP sold really well, and there are definitely some games that people look very nostalgically back on the PSP, but also we had when they were really in high, when we were getting lots of PSP games, there weren't as many PS3 games, and it took until the very end of the PS3's lifespan to really start to get some of those big, heavy hitters to make the PS3, you know, we, we finally got the, like, the Uncharted's and The Last of Us. And stuff like that, the very the Last end, of Us. Well, we only got the one, but, <laughs> you know, like, the, those things took a while to yeah. come along to the PS3. And you look at, like, when we got the PS4 and the PS Vita, you know, kind of at the very beginning of the PlayStation mm -hmm. 4 lifetime... Remember, people did, weren't very happy with the PS4 at first because there weren't that many exclusive games coming out. And I yeah. wonder if it was because they were splitting their time between the PS4 and the Vita. Didn't the Vita have some sort of weird exclusivity deal? like The memory. You had to buy memory cards that were exclusive. Yeah. What system is it? It may, it may not be the Vita, but there was something that was like exclusive through like a cell phone company. Do you remember what I'm talking about? There may have been a... Yeah, it may have been like if you wanted to... Uh, there was like a, you could get cell service, but it was like only through AT&T or something. Oh, okay. That might've been it. Yeah. You know, it like could have had the, and the Vita flopped hard. You got to, the Vita sold like worse oh, yeah, than yeah. the Wii the Vita U. sold bad. It sold really, really bad. Yeah. Even though. People look back on it now and love it. But and Yeah. It was like a very high quality system. It, yeah. You know, it was really well made, but it flopped. I would and like to have one. Me too. Um, so I don't know. I just think that. No, I, I don't. I think the PSP uh, is, you know, definitely the PSP, PS3 era. Sony did really well during that, and they were able to do it, but they weren't able to replicate it in the PS4, and I don't know that they would be able to replicate it now. Maybe. And it all well, seemed, I know, like, one of your things we talked about the other day is you said, like, it seems like I don't want anyone to compete with Nintendo. I do want someone to compete with I Nintendo. Did, I did allude to that, didn't yeah. I? <laughs> yeah. I do want someone to compete with Nintendo, but... Um, and I'm not saying that, like, Sony couldn't. What I would love personally, and I don't know if I brought this up on the stream, mm -hmm. I think that um, I, I almost wonder if Microsoft 
and Xbox if they shifted to a hybrid design because mm-hmm. I think that one Microsoft has the technology behind creating a hybrid system. I think through things like uh, like laptops and stuff like that, I think they'd be able to do this. Mm-hmm. They think they would have the stuff to create some sort of handheld device that might be able to compete with Nintendo and the Switch and maybe provide a higher quality, like, you know, that more high-end market that the people who aren't that interested in Nintendo games might be able to go to that. Maybe. I would like to see that. I mean, it's just looking more and more like it's just going to be Nintendo and the growing handheld PC master race. Yeah, it does seem um, that way. It does seem that way. Speaking of, do you think that this PlayStation Portal is meant to compete with, like, Switch? Because, like, Phoenix Willer here says, Weiler, I don't know, said buy a Switch Lite instead. I think saying, like, they're both mm-hmm. 200 bucks. But do you think it's meant to compete with the Switch? I hope not, because it's going to lose. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. It, doesn't do, like it doesn't do the same. No, I don't think it's reactionary. I think it's just uh, adding to their ecosystem. Yeah, just like giving you another way to play. Yeah. But I think I think, think they see people using their backbone controllers and their phones and, and things like that to remote play their PlayStations, and they're like, we can get that money. Right. I mean, and this has been a thing. You know, like the PSP could remote play your PS3. Mm-hmm. The Vita could do the PS4. Like, they've done this in the past, but with a dedicated handheld. This yeah. is kind of like a halfway measure. For sure. So, I guess the question is, like, if the Switch hadn't been as popular, would they be trying to do this? Uh, I think I, there's still a chance, yeah. You okay, man? Yeah, I'm, I get choked up. <laughs> makes me excited yeah i think that they would have done this i I think probably yeah regardless of what you know how the switch was all right we got a final comment here from theirs dude 9786 theirs says not counting that it's kind of ugly it's the requirement for internet that ruins it for me otherwise i could be convinced so just somebody else saying i want to play games natively but they're saying it's ugly. This is something we haven't talked about yet. It's kind of grown on me. Do you think it's ugly? No, I don't think it's ugly anymore. I think it's weird AF, as foretold. Um, and I still can't help but think about Link using the Ultra Hand to slap an Android tablet to uh, a DualSense controller. But I don't think it's ugly. I don't think it's ugly at all. It looks kind of sleek to me now. I have never thought it was ugly. I've always thought that it actually looks like it would be super comfortable having these like dedicated, you know, because it has the handles that come off. Like it's Mm -hmm. not even built in. Like that's going to be even more comfortable. Yeah. It's going to be, I think it's going to be comfortable. I really do. I just think, and like now the PS it's very in line with other PS five stuff. And we talked about earlier in the podcast, you know, it's a very bold choice they made with the aesthetic of the PS five. I like that everything they've been putting out has followed into the exact same aesthetic from the PSVR two to, you know, now this PlayStation portal and even their headphones and the earbuds, they all like, it's all, they're very cohesively branded. Yeah. And you might think it's ugly, but uh, to me, it's grown on me. I think it's grown on me too. And now that I've seen some videos of some people actually playing it and I've seen it from all angles, Mm -hmm. I kind of like it. It looks, it looks nice. Like the tablet part, the middle looks really thin. It just looks, it's starting to look good. I agree. I think I, I always, <laughs> I thought from the moment it was announced, it looked good. Um, but I did not think that about the PS5. The PS5, I thought was ugly at first. And then it just gradually, the more I spent time with it, I'm like, you know what? I, I, I like what they went for. Here's what I'm curious about. Uh, so I, I don't know that I would hardly ever take this out of the house. So I don't know that it really matters to me. But um, is Sony going to make like a crazy looking case that like holds this strange conglomeration of a thing? Like there has to be some way to, to transport it. And it is not a 
a normal thing. No, I was I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking like it really should come with a case. It should come with a case. And it's not going to. But you know that's giving me an extra purchase. It needs to come with a case. But it, that, it needs to. The people do that now, Sony. Yeah. It people need, include cases. Yeah, I don't know. Look, guys, we have talked an awful lot about the PlayStation Portal today. I would love to know your thoughts. Leave us a comment. But while you're at it, let me tell you something about the Three for Dale Club. You made it all the way to the end of this podcast, which is a feat, let me tell you. And we like to recognize people who make it to the end by shouting them out at the end of the next podcast. And the way we do that is our Three for Dale Club. Mm -hmm. So leave us a comment, and in the comment, you can put whatever you want, but include this phrase, Three for Dale. That's our secret code phrase that lets us know that you made it to the end. And what we'll do is we'll look for that phrase, and if you leave it, we'll shout you out at the end of the next podcast. That's right. All right, so starting out this week's Three for Dale Club, which is the biggest Three for Dale Club we've ever had. This is like... 18 people. This is six... Th- this this is six threes for Dales. <laughs> I know. That's three times six is 18. Anyway, leading us out here is Chase Dalton. Chase Dalton. I think you're new to Three for Dale. We have a lot of new people. We do. A lot. We Next, we have Rob Boolins. I don't know how you'd pronounce that. I may be wrong about that. I'm sorry, Welcome, Rob, Rob. But I'm glad you're here. Next, we have Bob Rogers. Pretty sure I got that one right. Pretty sure you did. Welcome. Next, we got returning the Laninator. 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 Next, we got Infinite X Gaming. Infinite X Gaming. Next, we have, well, I'm not going to put their full name on here because it was a little crude, but instead I'm just going to put the initials, which is FL. FL. I'm glad, very, I'm very curious you're, now. <laughs> glad you're here, but I'm not going to say your username on our podcast. Is it fun loving? Yes. Welcome, fun loving. Next, we got Aqua. Aqua. Next, we got Kitaclism. And following Kitaclism, we have D18. Welcome back. Yes. Next, we got Avery Hafferman. Haferman? Avery Hafferman. Sounds like a BMX star. I think it is. Yeah. Definitely a BMX star. Next, we have Justin Mills. Yes. Next, we got Spunk J. Spunk J. I've been <laughs> waiting on you, man. <laughs> Next, we got Ray Chi. Welcome back, Ray Chi. Oh, next, we got Lame Man Gaming. I don't think you're lame at all. Not lame at all. Speaking of people who are not lame, we have Landon Stallings, longtime member of the Three for Dale Club here. Some call him Dale. That's right. We also got Memo back again. Memo, been hanging out with us a little bit on stream. Uh, Next, we got Tom Derry. Tom was sharing some adorable pictures of his kitties in our Discord server just yesterday. Very adorable. And then finally, MK Lee. Dude, when I saw this at first, I thought it said MK Leo. Do you know why that's a big deal, Randy? I do not. You don't know who MK Leo is? I do not. MK Leo is like the best Smash Ultimate player. Ah, oh, that would be cool. <laughs> yes. Every, every character Lee, he plays you know is gold. MK Lee's even better. I would rather have you, MK Lee. I would rather have you in, in the Three for Dale Club, and I would rather play you in Smash. Yeah, you don't want to be playing MK Leo. <laughs> uh-uh. huh? No. All right, friends. Well, that brings us to the end. So until next time, I'm Randy. Which makes me Daniel. And this has been Gaming Gig. Go Braves.